This morning, as you're probably expecting, we will venture into, once again for the fourth time, the practice of settling the mind in its natural state. And as we do so, we'll kind of circle in, as we've done a few times in the past, circling in from different domains of experience, the visual, the auditory, the tactile, and then the mental, and following the Buddhist counsel to Bahia, then we'll approach finally the mental domain and then continue in the practice with which you're very familiar. I was reviewing this um, very brief, it's one paragraph, discourse by the Buddha to this wandering ascetic who is already very clearly from the, from the account in the Buddhist discourse or the sutta, um, was already a very accomplished adept, a yogi, almost certainly had a you know, very high level of samadhi, had many disciples but recognized that he had not found the liberation that he was seeking. And so after repeatedly requesting the Buddha for guidance, then of course the Buddha gave him the guidance. And it really was just one paragraph, and even though I didn't memorize it, this is a very close paraphrase. In the scene, let let there be just the scene. In the herd, let there be just the herd. In the, let's say, sensed, tactile, the tactilely sensed, let there be just the sensed. And then the cognized, and this would be the mentally perceived, going to the mental domain, the dharma datu, in the, in the cognized, let there be just the cognized. Thus you should train. And win bahia, you see that in, this, in the scene, there is just the scene. In the herd, there is just the herd. In the sensed, there is just the sensed. And in the cognized, there is just the cognized. Then you will see there is no thing in here As there is no thing in here, there is no thing out there. Seeing there is no thing in here or thing out there, you will see that you are neither in here nor out there nor in in between. And this is the path, this is the way to the cessation of suffering. Didn't work, huh? It's probably because I'm not a Buddha, although I could blame you for it. You just have too much dust on your eyes. Shall we do it again? <laughs> you know? But that was it. That was a very close paraphrase of the whole, of the whole sutta. And Bahia, this extremely ripe individual, getting the teachings from a Buddha, who's like the perfect physician that knows just what medication to give at just the right time, that he hits the bullseye, uh, then he became an arhat. You know? And so this relates back to Ilse's question the other day about the extent to which it's possible to have conceptually unmediated experience. It's a very savvy question, a complex question. And to give an extremely brief recap of my answer then, according to modern psychology and really virtually all of modern philosophy, which is say all the mind sciences, and the neuroscientists have really very little to pitch in at this point, maybe they'll have more later. Since they're studying the coarse mind and virtually don't know anything about anything beyond the coarse mind in terms of dimensions of consciousness, since for, th- for them, mind equals psyche equals what we would call coarse mind, then their conclusion is really quite right. And that is all of our experience in the dreaming state and the waking state, all is all filtered by, conditioned by, configured by concepts, language. So we see what we expect to see. We see things that make sense because we're not just picking up raw sense data immediately and involuntarily long before we apply executive control and really kind of manage our experience 
drawing from our, ex from our own past experience, language habituation or acculturation, conceptualization, uh, what we get is immediately formatted. We open our eyes in the morning and we don't go, where am I, where am I? Oh, nothing makes any sense. No, we open our eyes, oh yeah, I'm home. So wham, out they come. The and so the, the conceptualization then immediately and involuntarily configures everything we're experiencing. But now, as we know, I think all of us from, from us our own experience, there's that very primitive level, that precognitive level of conceptual structuring, including the bifurcation of subject and object and the reification of self, the reification of object, all of that occurring involuntarily and often subliminally. So there we have on that level. But then we know so well that on top of that, we have layers and layers and layers of conceptualization you know, and the most crusty, the most superficial level being just the rumination, the blah, blah, blah of the mind, which I so affectionately call, well, I would affectionately call the Wallace syndrome, but more objectively call the obsessive compulsive delusional disorder, where everything we're seeing is like through the, the dark clouds of our own projections, imaginations, assumptions, memories, and so forth. And we kind of, it's hard to even pull away the veil to see even what's actually there at all, you know, when we get really caught up. And coming back to the comment yesterday. It's a smooth gradient from where we are, from normally sane people. Actually, it's a smooth gradient from being an arhat or a Buddha to being more or less like us, to being simply uh, psychotic. I mean, full-fledged psychotic. I would say it's a smooth continuum. And so it's not, again, as I said yesterday, it's not, oh, thank goodness we're not psychotic. Thank goodness we don't have mental problems. Whoops, did I say that? Um, thank goodness I don't have psychosis. I just have a full, rich array of neuroses, you know. Um, but all of this being of a spectrum. So what is this practice for? And still, bear in mind, this is primarily shamatha. It's not going even to the deep waters of vipassana. But what this is for, as, as we circle in and then come to, come home to this own most intimate of all of our experiences. That is, we can put plugs in our ears and we can put blinds over our eyes. We might even get a general anesthetic. So we just can't feel the body, a numbing drug that just makes the body feel like you can't experience it. In other words, a sensory deprivation tank. We might do all of that mechanically from outside. But apart, apart from just having a general knockout drug that makes us go unconscious, what's left over is mental consciousness, the home, that domain of experience into which sensory consciousness withdraws when we fall asleep and we dream. So to be able to bring that precision of in the cognized, let there be just the cognized when we settle the mind in its natural state, developing that ability gradually, knowing this is not an abrupt, it's not simply a matter of decision. Okay, now I stop. I will not grasp anymore. Rumination, I finished. I think I've, I know everything I need to know about rumination. I'll not do that anymore. It was a bad idea. In fact, there was a whole bunch of bad ideas repeated over and over and over again. So I'm tired of it. I think I'll stop now. Okay? You have my permission. You, you know, if, if you'd just like to stop, you actually, you don't need to continue. Your next session, you can just stop. You know. But it turns out not to be so simple. But it's then a gradient of training, of becoming more and more and more and more sane. Right? Until in the scene, we are seeing just the scene. The heard, the cognized, the tactically sensed, all of this. Oh, it's a familiar refrain. We've gotten real. We're seeing what reality is dishing up as opposed to what we're projecting upon reality and then conflating with reality. We become sane, we become liberated. So that's what this practice is for.
become sane, first of all, with respect to our own minds. Become sane when you're dreaming, become lucid. Become fully sane when you're waking, and that's to become lucid with, re- with, rec- with, with respect to all of your experience. And being lucid with respect of all experience means that you're free. Okay? So let's get real, and let's become free. Begin, as always, by settling the body, speech, and mind, together with the respiration in their natural state, their natural rhythm.
And now let's begin our tour of these different datus or domains of experience. Starting with the datu of form, a visual form as you open your eyes. Bring the full force of your mindfulness to this elliptical field of shapes and colors. And in the scene, let there be just the scene. Close your eyes, direct your full force of your mindfulness to the auditory field, which has no shape, but that domain of experience of sound. And in the herd, let there be just the herd.
Direct the force of your mindfulness now to the space of the body. And whatever tactile events arise within that space, attending to them without distraction and without grasping. Then let your eyes be at least partially open, your gaze vacant, resting in space. And turn the full force of your mindfulness to the domain of the mind. And whatever thoughts, images, or memories arise, observe their nature without preference without superimposition, non-conceptually observe concepts and sustain your mindfulness without distraction and without grasping. And let's continue practicing now in silence.
Let's bring the session to a close. For those of you from North America and who are older than Noah and his generation, you might remember the Hill Street Blues? Hill Street Blues? It was uh, about a police department in New York City. And every morning, all the, all the policemen would come in for, you know, how to say, an overview of what they needed to do that day. And at the end, then the sergeant, this tough old guy, tough old cop, he would turn to them after he'd given the whole thing, but everybody's duty roster, okay, you do this, you do this, all very, very macho, very macho. And then when he's sending them out, out into tough New York City 20 years ago, he'd say, be careful people, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> or something to that effect. And so here we are, be careful people. It really is a jungle out there. <laughs> and I've been up into that jungle with, uh, with Klaus on my first visit here to Phuket, and man, it's a creepy jungle. So it, this is one kind of jungle, and then in a week, then I'll probably say the same thing. Be careful, people. <laughs> Wherever you're going when you leave from here, it's a jungle out there. And mindfulness is your guide, and the four measurables are your four protectors. Good. Enjoy your day.